Welcome to the Workplace Chameleon. This is Dr. Selena. Thank you for tuning in and sharing with me a little of your time. As we moved into season two, I've been working to address two parts in each episode. Lessons learned from the road. This includes examples or challenges that I'm seeing, hearing, thinking about based on conversations in companies. Recently, I was dubbed the doctor that makes office calls as compared to what some of you may remember or heard of in past generations, medical doctors who make house calls. That was a fun way to think about it. In part two of each episode, I've been applying that lesson learned or experience or example with some sort of advice, tool, or research that you can take with you for your investment of this time. Hopefully something to frame up your day, a situation, or maybe even just gaining a different perspective on something you're working on or something that could help you work better with a team member. In this episode, we're going to do both mixed and stirred and shaken up a bit. Today, I want to reflect on what I'm seeing and hearing about as the void of leadership. Void by definition is empty, blank. There's nothing there. I'm seeing this show up in our companies through a leadership example. I want to address a couple of things today. The first example I hear is that we don't have enough new leaders willing to step up and take the challenge of leadership on. Now, those of you who just might have gone to a space where you heard the phrase, well, it's the younger generation today, that's why. Oh, since the beginning, earliest philosophers, we've been hearing that about humans, that it's always this younger generation. So that's a different episode, and I'm not buying into that. We don't have enough new leaders to step up. So I want you to think about a little bit about why that may happen. I'm going to come back around to that in just a minute. The other piece that I see to that is when teams don't have effective leadership, they're voids. They're just plain empty spots. This may cause confusion and re- confusion and rework. It may also signify underutilized talent. It can create a culture where the most influential person wins, and that's not always for good. Because you see, when we aren't leading our teams, people are following someone. It just may be the person you didn't want them following. And when we come together in these amazing entities of organizations, we hope to earn a living. We want to feel safe and secure. And we want to know the purpose we serve in exchange for all this time. How we get there to have a sustainable living, to feel safe and secure, and to feel like our work has a purpose is really served through a catalyst called leadership. Someone or some team is running an effective enough organization so that it remains open and viable and is at least earning something to cover our operating costs so we can pay people. Someone or some team is helping us feel included, safe, and able to do our work in that safe manner, both physically and psychologically. 
someone or some team helps us understand that every single day our job is needed and here is why that work exists. Let's focus on those leaders who may be that someone or some team for today. You know, for many years now, I've been researching, contemplating, and living in practice with companies about how we grow. Leadership at all levels, building bench strength so people are ready to step in when formal leadership roles open. So there's our succession plan or leadership pipeline but also helping their leadership mature, meaning that senior leaders are those who are in roles that need to be more strategic in the organization, are freed up to do that, and not necessarily held in the details of the minutiae. So let me walk that back for just a minute and see how it applies to this conversation for today. For an organization to be successful, we need the right balance of strategic thinking and action with daily tactical execution. In smaller organizations, leaders wear more of the proverbial hats to make sure everything is covered. As an organization grows, we become more specialized in our roles and responsibilities because the division of work changes. Sometimes it is hard to see that there is a body of work that happens beyond serving, producing, or whatever the work of the organization is. While there are many ways to debate how much leadership is needed, where we might have too much management, be top-heavy, or have too much overhead, and no doubt individual contributors, team members, always seem to wonder somewhere along the line, what does they do anyways, as they refer to leaders or people in management roles? And it's hard to explain because the work looks different, but when it is done well, makes all the difference. When it is done poorly, it looks like an absolute waste. You know what my test is in organizations when I'm addressing a group of employees? I can say something like this with a sense of humor, but their response always tells me a little something. I can say something like, really? There is no group of managers somewhere in this building, in a room, conspiring how to make your life harder. Now, what I do love from that is funny laughter. That's Great. But quiet, awkward snorting is usually a sign. But what does it look like when we do this well? Because when it's done well, there's no drama. When we do this well, we don't have the ups and the downs and the uncertainties that are unhealthy. When a leadership team matures, Here's what happens. Senior leaders get more strategic. Middle managers grow in skills and experience and leadership competencies. Frontline leads and supervisors learn how to influence others in their day-to-day work. As organizations grow and change, we have to build a pipeline and bench strength. 
we need people ready to step in roles to become leads and supervisors and managers. They may want to expand their perspective and skills to take on a wider set of duties that begins moving them from an individual leader to a team leader to an organizational leader level where they may supervise a specific area, but they influence across a wider expanse. When we identify leaders, build skills, coach for growth, give them time to learn, time to learn, guess what? They do. And when they get better, it flows all the way out and through an organization. Let me tell you a story. I have an organization in mind as I was putting this material together that I've now been saying for about four years, nearly monthly. Guess what? Four years ago, they made me nervous. By the way, in companies, it takes a lot to make me nervous. I am likely to have described them four years ago as a hot mess. Given how many companies I see, believe me, it takes a lot to make my hot mess list. In this company at that time, the majority were young leaders, commanding, demanding, likely had not had much for effective leadership models, and everything was an emergency. Here's what I did see, though. They could outwork anyone. But they were spending so much energy working harder every day they were losing ground. They were rushed, angry, loud. They cared about each other, but in some sort of very weird dysfunctional family style. There was a serious lack of planning with an incomplete understanding of how to create those amazing conditions that would help their people do even better work. By the way, which makes a leader's life better. But they did it. For the last four years, they committed, they focused, and they did the hard work in a different way than producing what they had been producing before that. They could get the physical work done They had to do the work on how we do this together. Now, while there have been some rough spots along the way, internally, they figured it out. They committed to growing their leadership and leadership training and leadership coaching. That was my part. But it was a small part because they looked at the rest of their systems. They opened up the lines of communication and they had really hard conversations. Of course, some leaders didn't want that. They moved on. But those who stayed can now see this new opportunity, a whole new stage. Now, when we talk about growing leaders to the next level, it isn't even on the same plane or galaxy as it was four years ago. I am now completely rewriting their curriculum as we relaunch their leadership training. The training audience is in such a different headspace than the group I met four years ago. Their leads lead. Their supervisors remove roadblocks. Their managers are leading the business. They are booming. And from a little privately owned company in the cornfields of Iowa to shipping their amazing work all over the road. Actually, I meant world. So let's just do that. World. 
What I love about my work is I got a front row seat to watching this happen, not because of me. I was one piece, but because they did the heavy lifting. They knew it took vision, commitment, but they also knew it took consistently over time. There was going to be no magic formula that made that happen overnight. That's how change happens. Were there setbacks? Yep. That's one of the success stories. And there are so many out there. There are many other companies out there that for many other reasons, many of which hurt people, they're not doing this well. I will forever, for however long my professional career lasts and you know, maybe even just how I see the world, I will forever wonder why we don't want to do this better. Now, I often do think about that as humans. But since I can't quite tackle the world, I'll influence from where I'm at. And that is the people I meet every day in organizations I'm privileged to walk with for a little while. We can do this better. But then we have so many organizations who just can't, who don't see the potential of their people. Like one company, I sat with the president, the single owner of this organization, who seemed in complete denial that his daughter didn't want to grow as a leader of the company to eventually take it over from him. He was dreaming of retirement and she was not dreaming of being an effective leader for his legacy. She'd been coming in and leaving as she pleased. She took any employee appreciation food left over home and employees watched her from the break room, put it in her car. She did less work than anyone else. She didn't look like she cared. And based on my conversations with her, mm, she really didn't. And then was seen on Instagram flipping off the company sign. That may have been the clearest picture I could have ever painted. And her dad, the president, didn't want to see reality. I told him to call me when he decided to. And guess what? The very complaint that had brought me into work with them was... We need more and better leaders. When there is a leadership void, you can't grow new leaders. You have to redo it. You have to figure out why that void was there. And for that story, I could tell a hundred more of companies that don't want to do the hard work of making this really happen for good. That was one family. She had a different vested interest and it wasn't enough. There's so many more examples of having the wrong person identified as a leader who doesn't want to and should not. So is it any wonder we don't have enough new leaders willing to step up and take the challenge of leadership on? In unhealthy conditions, they look at leaders who may be frazzled, angry, subdued, backbiting, confused, and burned out and more. When teams don't have effective leadership, there are empty spots, these voids that just seem to swallow up everything else. In healthier conditions, they look like team players, learners, change catalysts, listeners, coaches, and decision makers. I had the opportunity to sit with probably one of the most amazing CEOs not too long ago. He has led multiple companies with a long, successful history of turning companies around and getting them on pathways. And his particular passion are employee-owned companies, of getting a company 
culture shifted back around where we can turn it into an employee-owned organization. He consistently said that for success to happen, it starts with a small group of leaders who are willing to learn and change. He didn't say it starts with bringing team members along or they should be better or we need to better equip them. He very clearly, somewhat quietly and humbly said, it starts with us as a leader to be willing to learn and change. In 27 years, the key difference between the companies and organizations I see doing well or not start with the leader who has the authority. Remember, because as leaders, it starts with us, but it's not about us. It is about what we do with and through others that makes the difference. Bringing strangers together to work in teams and create something that is not only productive, for many of us, but has purpose and meaning and some sort of sustainable economic prospect to pay us if that is the arrangement. So what do we do with all of this? What are those steps as I think about organizations, next steps? You know, when I look around and those leaders are frazzled and tired and burned out, We've got to be willing to have some conversations in our teams to pull everybody back and say, it starts with us, but it's not about us. So what do we need to do? What do we need to learn, adjust to, take on, have some different conversations, pause for just a little bit to get us aligned, to get us recommitted so that we can find that ripple effect we need to influence out. To start addressing the leadership void, we have to have some hard conversations in our companies. We need a leader to speak up and say, we can do better. And here is where you say to me, hey, Selena, you know, that's really nice. (laughs) It's not me, it's them. You know, if everybody else would just do this better, Or you know what? I'm not in a role that can have that conversation. I wish you would come talk to my senior leader. Start where you can. Because like any other form of adversity, you act or you do not. Influence from where you're at. Start the conversation with small steps. Or if you're primed and positioned and the team is ready to listen, let them know there is a better way to spend our time and energy. Ask them if they're ready to do this differently and then map it out. There are lots of tools and resources available to you if you're looking for recommendations. I will always provide resources. Please don't hesitate to reach out. But look around. Where is that void in your team? Where is leadership just lacking? And that's not meant to ding on some person or some something that has happened in the past. But when that void is there, it's it's pulling in other stuff. Do we need to make leadership more inviting? Do we need to take care of the leaders we have in place so they're taking better care of the people? Now, don't get me wrong, we got to take good care of our people and that will always be my first priority. 
But when we care for each other, that also means really listening to why our leaders are feeling what they're feeling and what do we need to do to change up the system so that they can do better work, so that we can bring them along in the conversation, not because they're the ones in charge, but because they're the ones who can do the best to make it happen for everybody else. Okay, people, let's do this better. Until next time, this is the Workplace Chameleon.